Well, good morning, everyone. Hey. It's a good day to be inside, isn't it? Man, <laughs> poor kids. Glad they have water out for them. It's hot. It is hot. Hey, we had a great time at the men's conference this past Friday. If you, if you missed it, be looking for it for next year. But it was crazy. Like, there was, as far as I know, there was no rain in the for- forecast. But then all of a sudden, about 6.30, it just boom, 6.25, something like that just came through and like, a torrential downpour. It was crazy, but we had a great time. We had a lot of tournament play going on, different challenges, and uh, because we couldn't finish, we turned it into a platform rock, paper, scissors shootout. And I realized not everybody knows how to play rock, paper, scissors. It's not that difficult of a, but anyway, we had a good time and, and had a lot of fun. So uh, we actually have a, a little review, a preview, rather, a review for you. I don't know what happens to my, my iPad, but check this out. Some highlights from the men's conference. Oh, get out of your way. Y'all see Cliff looking like one of the Spartans of 300, just, you know he went bullseye, right, right, right in the middle. Come on, man. I'm trying to help a brother. They don't know that. <laughs> right, right in the middle. I mean, square in the middle. Awesome. Great shot. He's been practicing. He knew it was coming. Hey, uh, that was a lot of fun. But also, our motion student conference, we're taking some students to Alabama. There are maybe a few seats left, so uh, get it in as soon as you can on that one. If, you're, if you can sponsor somebody, you'd like to sponsor somebody, you can also intuitively go online and, and you can go ahead and put in whatever level of sponsorship that you're uh, able to do. That way some of these students can go to this conference. They are also going to do some fundraising, so they're going to own this thing a little bit. But uh, we're trying to get as many of our students over there to Alabama Last year, we took them to Desperation Conference, which is in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and they came back charged. So once we, we get all the names in, and we're going to say, we're going to let you see, see them how they are now, and then put a measuring stick to them. When they get back, they're going to be on fire. I guarantee you they're going to be on fire. So they'll probably have to help us change the dynamic and, and bring the fire inside of this house as well. But it's going to be a great time for them. And good news, parents, you get to get rid of your kids for four days. And everybody said amen to that one. Well, <laughs> so uh, also I want to remind, or let you know, July 3rd, we're going to have one service only. We know you guys are like checked out. I'm gone for July 4th. I'm going to the lake. Good luck getting me here. But one service, July 3rd, 10 a.m., 10 a.m., 10 a.m. right here. Normally our service is at 9 and 10.45. One service, 10 a.m., July 3rd. That's two weeks from now, okay? Y'all good? Give me the nod. All right, that way you don't, if you show up early, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna you serve. We're going to let you serve. We're going to give you some, maybe it's the Holy Spirit drawing you in a little early. Like, oh, I'm here early. What can I do? You can serve. You can, you can help us set up. That'll be great. Thank you. Uh, and so we're also going to have a new message series beginning the following weekend, July 10th. 
and it's going to be, who is the Holy Spirit? And so as we've been having conversations uh, with staff members, with, I meet with guys, uh, different guys, uh, a group of guys with different backgrounds on Thursday mornings, and just hearing the different conversations about it, it was very humbling for me, and yet also put, gave me new perspective. I'm gaining, in, gaining perspective around the topic of the Holy Spirit, and so I, I, I really gained a, kind of almost like a reverence of how to approach this topic in this series, and so I really want to approach it with very gentle hands so that we all understand the value of the Holy Spirit and that he is a he, he's not an it, uh, but then explaining everything that we possibly can in, in our, our abilities about the Holy Spirit so we can all grow in the fullness of everything God has for us. And so as we're preparing that, please pray into that, if you will, just if he, if he prompts you. Hey, I'm going to pray for, for Pastor Nathan, Pastor Cass, by the way. He's been on vacation, but he's back. Pastor Cass, myself, and, and then Joey, when our elder, praying for us as we are able to gently and accurately and correctly begin to, uh, at, a, at a very genuine, transparent level, give the best explanation on the who, what's, when's, where's, and how's about the Holy Spirit. And so I think it's going to be a very, a very empowering message series. I think it's very needed for this day. And, uh, you know, as you'll see, Jesus knows it's, it's very important for us to know who the Holy Spirit is. And so uh, we'll be going into that. But we're breaking series right now. We've been in this series on the Beatitudes, uh, be on the Beatitudes, and it's, we call it All Things New. And the, 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 vow, it, the heart of that is bringing values back to a world that's in chaos, right? For the last two years, everything's just kind of been, you know, traumatic and a little bit turned upside down. And so, and the value systems that have been accepted around the nation and even world have shifted so far from what godly values, of what Christ had intended, especially for his church, but for the world. And that's why even in, in, in his day, he gave this Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Beatitudes. Well, we're going we're gonna to break, break series, but I'm going to give you a different uh, message today on a value that is ever so important. In fact, every person in, in this room needs and desires and longs for this value in their own life. And, in, and not, not only that, there's been such an attack on this value because of God's intended leadership for our families, for the church, for the communities, is so, is so under attack in this day because of criticism, because of the division, the divisive nature, and people are looking rather, because of a loss of this value, looking at our differences and see what divides us more than looking beyond those to find what unites us. And so as, we, as I'm delivering this, this message today, I, I really want to drive home the importance that I know all of us long for this value, but even more so, it's a, it's a number one value, a number one need for every man in this room. In, in, in fact, it's for every man in existence. It's how God has created us to, to embrace and to desire and to live out of because there's something about it that God himself desires for us to place this value back on him. And I'm keeping it very suspicious for you, but uh, even the people who are her friends are, are, are being divided right now in this season with all the criticism and the, the cancel culture that we're in. 
we, we put you on high on a platform and then all of a sudden we tear you down. Oh, you're, oh, oh we exalt you and now we shame you. You, pay, you, you, messed, you. you posted something, like, 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 and then the next day it's, I can't believe it. Did you hear what so-and-so did? We're grabbing a hold of bits and pieces of, of a story and we're, we're filling in the blanks that we don't know about people or places or situations all so, so we can catch, catch a hold of this negative, this critical spirit that's, that's floating around. And, and all of a sudden we've got our own story and there's multiple stories about one situation. I mean, it's, it's a continual culture of criticism and canceling. And TV shows, movies, movements have all been uh, aimed at feminizing men and elevating the rest of the crowd. In fact, you're, you're, a, you're it's okay and it's almost encouraged to jokingly put down men, but you're a hater if you put down, if you say anything about a woman or any self-proclaimed gender. There's this shift of, in, in TV shows, you see it around, let's just Let's just tear down men and then laugh about it. Let's talk about how lazy they are, how inconsistent they are, how they don't show up. How they, let's, let's, just, let's, just make, let's make series all around this so we can laugh at them. And, and it's, a, it's been a slow approach and gradual and ever so yet effective. And here we are today. In fact, studies show that the efforts made in the women's rights movements for equality actually have had a negative effect and they've created, it's created more division between the two genders than there was before. Now, there's tr that's true. And it, now, something had to be done and something has to be done yet even still, but there, there's a ne necessity for the equality of the power of both man and woman to come into, uh, into existence, but it can only be done God's way. It, it should never be offside, lopsided one direction or the, the other. But there's something different between power and authority. But the power of both men and women should be right there in an equal manner so that husband and wife, man and woman, can lead a family well together, but in proper, in, in proper order. So I'm going I'm to build on this a little bit. But I want you to know this. If you're a Christian and you're a Christ follower, you and I, we are called to live a different life. Way. We're called to live a different way. The world's showing us something different. We've got to fight through that and get to something what God has actually intended for his people here on earth. And we cannot be like the culture around us. We cannot cancel. We cannot condemn. We cannot criticize the people around us. Can't, can't criticize another church, a government entity. Another society, another, another nation. It's, it's not how God has designed us to be. But God has a solution to every one of our issues that come around division and, and, and difference and everything that the world is trying to get us to focus on to create even more, more control on some standpoints, but then also more division on our, on our ground level and our standpoint. And he says it in this, this way in Romans 12, 10. And I want you to read this aloud with me. And notice I didn't say us oft. You good? Here we go. Honor one another above yourselves. Let's say it a little bit louder. Honor one another above yourself. There's a solution to every one of our problems right there. We just changed the world right there. 
but this answers the who and how. It says everybody. everybody. Honor everybody. Yeah, well, they don't deserve it. Honor them. Honor them. Mark, Jesus explains this as he is, he's been healing. He's been doing miracles, and he's, he's back on his way. He's on his way back to his hometown. And in Mark 6, he says, Jesus left that part of the country where he's doing all these miracles and returned with his disciples to Nazareth and his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogues, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Hang on just a minute. They're, they're seeing someone with fresh eyes. They're seeing Jesus with fresh eyes, and they're amazed by his power and his wisdom. And then all of a sudden, then they went, then they went and they scoffed. It says, then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. He, he's the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And, and his sisters, they live right over here among us. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're putting on a pedestal. Wow, powerful, wise, mir- doing miracles. Oh, never mind. That's, that's, that, that's Jesus. We know him, when he, when he, he, who he was as a little boy when he was growing up around here. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something? Isn't that what we do? You know what the culture is doing right now? Let's just elevate people. Oh, they're the greatest thing in the world. And oh, let's find this one thing wrong with them. Or they, they, they post one thing on social media that we don't like, and then all of a sudden, we start tearing them down and criticizing. And now, oh, there's, that's what's wrong with them. There's a society we live in, and that value of division has become accepted. We're, we're so conditioned by it that we just now think it's normal. And unfortunately, many of us fall into the trap. They were lowering who he was because of his, his family origins. And they dishonored him so much, they literally became deeply offended. Look at this. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Like they went from exalting, oh, man, never mind, to, you know what? You just offended me. <laughs> like that, that, that perfectly describes our world. We are looking, going around looking for something to be offended by. And let me tell you this, if you're looking to be offended, you will find exactly what you're looking for. (laughs) I think think we're looking for that reason constantly. We're looking for a reason to be offended. And then because they were offended, and let me just tell you this, because they were offended and they dishonored him, when you did the same, they they could no longer receive from him. And in the same way, in the moment we begin to get offended by something or about something or about someone, in the moment we begin to dishonor anything about someone, we automatically, all of a sudden, we have an inability to receive anything good from that person, even if it's Jesus. Can I say it this way? Even if it's the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Don't go there yet, Pastor. And then, and then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his, home, in his own hometown and among his relatives and his family. In other words, I can go some places and you can go some places and you'll get a lot of honor. Then all of a sudden, you come to other places where you're just too familiar to be honored. It's very interesting. Why we think the way we think. But Jesus says, God in his words, says, we're called to live a different way. We're called to live a different way. And he says this, uh, I'm gonna give you, or actually I'm going to give you two words 
that are in this phrase, this, par- this passage right here. And one is without honor and one is honor. And I want to give you a, help you give some, bring some paradigm to what we're about to talk about today. So without honor is atomos. Atomos, it means to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. Isn't that funny? They begin to atomos Jesus, meaning, oh, you're just, I'm, I'm familiar with you. You're common, you're ordinary. I know you. I know, I know how you work. I, sw- I watched you grow up. I watched you. So all of a sudden, though you were doing miracles, signs, wonders, healings, and great thing, of power and wisdom over there, but because you're just ordinary here, nah, I don't want it. I have an inability to receive from what you have for me. Then honor. Honor is, it looks like time, but it's tima. Tima. It says to value, respect, or highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. And honor is this, to value, to see its worth, to add weight to. And so the world is stripping people of their dignity and their worth. And the Bible is saying we should be a people who are adding dignity to people and we're adding worth to people. See, the culture is doing something different. We can't look at that and allow that to be us and embrace that. Because we see it, it's so easy and attractive for us to follow. But the Bible, God's word is saying, wait a minute. No, 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 we're not stripping people down, we're building them up. And dishonor is this, to take lightly, to take lightly. And we have to be a church that is going to put value, put dignity, put worth back into people, to honor people into the restoration of what God already sees them as. Honor elevates, dishonor elevates decimates and to decimate this is the culture we live in this is this is the norm down here but what we're called to be is the one who elevates to elevate people into what God has originally designed them to be for the last year God has been so impressing on me it's almost like I see through a different lens at times this the giftings and callings that are on people's lives and and because it's so so natural and so visible for me I just call it out I just say it I start speaking it and it's almost like it puts people into shock, like, I don't know, what are you doing? You trying to, are you trying to play a game with me? And they feel really weird about it. And the reason is they're so used to being torn down that it's hard to accept when someone is trying to honor and elevate them into what God sees and God is showing and God is revealing to God's authority. And it's so the other part is I'm afraid to accept that because I'm used to watching the world elevate people and then only tear them down. This is what's happening. And so the body of Christ is grabbing a hold of this issue, this struggle, and we're owning it and accepting it. That that's what's going to happen to me too, so I might as well just stay dormant and stay in my closet. Get by with status quo. Because if I get in the limelight, that means people are going to look at me and somebody's going to start criticizing me. And when they criticize me, I'm going to get my feelings hurt. And then others are going get, to get involved on in this. And so it's keeping us from walking in the fullness of what God's called and created us to do. I'm going to give you two Two biblical principles, two biblical truths, and then I'm going to give you a challenge that I think is going to change all of your relationships if you, if you stay in this river from this day forward. And truth number one is this, honoring begins with God's claim on them. Even when they're doing dishonoring things, let me, show you, let me tell you what I see. Here's what you're doing, but here's what I see. God, God sees what you're doing. But here's what he's seeing about you. 
It's, it's learning to see people as God, the designer, the creator, has designed and destined them to be. And when I call this out, it overrides what this is. We're so used to everybody condemning, shaming, and calling out this. But God is saying, my people are called to talk about this. The very thing that elevates people into the, the purpose and the calling, the personhood that, that I have valued them to be and created them to be and, and purposed them to be and I'm honoring them to be because I know in their heart they're desiring to honor me. And we've got to see through a different lens as the body of Christ. I see what you did this week. Yeah, he, he was watching, but he was seeing you as he's designed you to become. God has this unique ability to see people at both their depravity and their dignity at the same time. Like we see one, one lens, but he's seeing through both of them. I'm seeing right, I'm seeing that, but it's overshadowed by what I've purposed you to be and what I've created you to be. As I knit you in your mother's womb, here's how I see you. Romans 8:30 says, and those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he has glorified. And there's an absolutely wrong theology that on a, on a, on a nutshell, a cookies on the bottom shelf, I'm going to give you is, it's like God wrote a script. This is the wrong theology. God wrote this script, but he left some people out of it. Like it's already, they say it's already predestined that some aren't going to make it. No, no. No, no, no. God, God's desire is that none should perish, that all should come to him through Jesus Christ. That's his desire. That's his destiny. Come on. come on. Predestination means he has a predestiny for you. He has favored and blessed and fulfilled life for you, and he's just waiting for you to get a glimpse of it. He has much vision for you, and it is filled with purpose. Before, you, before I had a healthy marriage, oh, I had an ugly one. Let me tell you, but I had to start seeing in my mind's eye what God, and what God's word says about what a healthy marriage looks like so I could begin to walk in and have a healthy marriage. And I'm so thankful I did, and I'm so thankful I didn't give up. I wouldn't have my beautiful kids, my beautiful wife, my life. Before, I, <laughs> you know where that comes from. Before we planted a life-giving church, we saw a life-giving church. We saw a gap, something that, that needed to be. We saw what God was seeing, what God had desired, and we said, we'll do that. We'll step in that gap. We saw it before we did it. Before many have found their way into ministry here, I was proclaiming what I was seeing in their lives and providing opportunity. They caught it, they see it, and they're walking in it. God's not just looking at what you did. He's looking at who he's created you to be, and he's okay. He can clean up some stuff. God has predestined everyone, and even though, even though not everyone is living out his destination, he sees you as called, he sees you as justified, and he sees you as glorified. That's the lens in which he sees. You're, you're hearing shame, here's what I did, here's what's on my mind, here's some thoughts that I had that, fleet, that came fleeting through, and all of a sudden, that's who, that must be who I am. But no, you're called, you're justified, and you're glorified, and he's asking if you could just see you through the lens that I see you with, we could do some things together. Yes. 
And whether you, whether you do it or not, he has something on your life and he can see them both at the same time. And I encourage you as parents, when you see your children and they're not living up to what you see them to be and who you know they are, instead of shaming and condemning and guilting and, 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 and making a big picture out of why what they're doing is so wrong, which, which never changes people, by the way. Instead of saying, wait, that's what you did, but that's not who you are. Here's who you are. It's taking their minds from a little thing and, t- and, and, and transforming it into a greater thing. Continually say, wait a minute, you guys are, you're fighting, but you're really partners. You're really teammates. And this is how you navigate through this. This is how you fight fair. They're, they're going to fight, right? But this is how you fight fair. This is how you get through this thing together. A little, little funny humor this week, and kind of sad. Kinda, and I'm going to give you a truth, so men, please, hey, have forgiveness in your heart as I begin to say this, all right? No offense. If you're looking to get offended, you're going to find it, all right? But my little son, he's three years old, and, and uh, man, just sweet as heart. I mean, just, just the, the, honestly, the genuine nature of a man in, in the making, really. And he's, he's the example of what I think all men truly are. He's strong. He's courageous. He's brave. He's very, he's very athletic, but he's very gentle at heart, very sweet-spirited. And so he's, he, 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 used the red, he, he went to potty in the bed this week. He had, you know, he's wearing whitey tidies. He doesn't wear a diaper. He's, he's getting there. And he, we had a long day. We, I think we were at the lake that day. And, and uh, he pottied in the bed. He came, he came and got me, and I cleaned him up. And, you know, he's, he, he knows. And so I, I put his, his whitey tidies on. I said, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. It It happens. It happens. He comes to bed. I tell him, go get in mama papa bed. That's what we call, that's what we say. Go get in mama papa bed. And I had to change Naomi because they sleep together and she was wet on one side. You know, it was working all out. And, 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 and mama, you know, mama has to clean the sheets. Daddy doesn't clean sheets. I mean, I can, but I didn't. I don't normally. And so mama has to clean up all this stuff when she's waking up. And so, of course, mama's thinking about this while she's trying to sleep. And mama loves a clean house. Amen to that. That's, you know, it's great. And so she said, Baby Bubba, what did we say? That's why I asked you to go, go, go to the bathroom before we went to bed. Or do, you, do we need a diaper? Like, not meaning, meaning shame. It's just like, hey, I don't want to have to clean this up. And his response was, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he started crying. I'm like, oh, this little guy, this is shame. Like, carry shame. And that's, to be real, not, you know, my wife loves her children. But it shows, too, that... Honestly, that's the heart of every man. Like, we know what we do wrong. We know we, we don't live up to sometimes. And, and sometimes we're living up and we don't accept the fact that we are living up and we think we're not living up. We're carrying shame and guilt and condemnation, inadequacy. And that really is an example. And all it takes is someone to come along and, and begin to speak negatively into us. And, and all of a sudden... We, we make it a real truth in our hearts, and then we begin to back away. We begin to turn down opportunities and, 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 and shadow, get into the shadows and, and be, begin to own that stuff. Or our response is we over-masculinize. We, 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 we try to toughen it up, and we try to show how strong and bold we are and brave. But then, but then you, you get the wrong character and the wrong nature of a real man. We begin to show traits and values that don't represent and replicate a kingdom man because we're trying to overcome the hurts and the shame and the guilt and the pains that's in our hearts. And God says, I got another way. 
It's, it's honoring. It's, it's elevating people into who I've designed and created them to be. It's a different approach than what the world would advertise and ask you to be. And by the way, for every person dealing with shame and, and regret, God sees what you did and he doesn't judge you by what you did. He's proclaiming and he's speaking and he's calling out who's he, who he's created you to be. And if you don't understand his grace at that level, it's time for you to get to know God on a much deeper level. He loves you. You woke up this morning to a good, good father for real. In 1 Peter 2, 13 says this, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the spiritual, uh, supreme authority or to governors or who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. Whether you agree with these authorities or not, he's saying for the Lord's sake, turn it back, he's saying for the Lord's sake, submit yourself. Like, it's not for the sake of the individual, it's for the Lord's sake. And so as we're honoring the authorities that God has put into place, because Romans tells us that God's put it, there's no authority in place that God hasn't placed there. We're actually honoring God as we honor them. And there's a benefit that we receive from this honor. And you can, you can honor even though you don't obey. So if there's an authority of any time, type that's causing you or asking you or commanding you to disobey God, you can honor them in word, in deed, in action. And in fact, when you don't obey for the sake of God, you're honoring them beyond their knowledge. But you don't have to be dishonoring and disrespectful, but when you do it. So I can honor. And as we get older and we're, and we're now married and we're couples and we're living our lives now, this is our family. And yes, we still honor mother and dad. It doesn't mean we have to do everything they say. Thank you for your advice. I'll apply that wisdom as we make decisions as husband and wife now because now we are a family. So we honor, though. I don't leave them dishonored. I don't leave them hurt. I don't leave them feeling betrayed. And this, by the way, was written when the emperor Nero was persecuting Christians for fun. Like he's saying, honor every authority. The emperor, yeah, the emperor, yeah, well, yeah the one who's, who's putting Christians on poles and lighting them up for his parties. He's saying, honor, honor him. One, one, one uh, pastor in Washington during the COVID, the, the, the separation and the division this, and all the isolation in COVID, he continued to have his church meet. The congregation just kept meeting and kept meeting, kept meeting. And finally, the governor sent two, uh, two agents to see him, to, to have him stop meeting and bringing his congregants together. And he said, well, why don't you come on in? He invited him into the house. And he began to explain to him why he has a conviction to, uh, to continue to meet and his, gather his congregation. He was completely honoring to the, the messengers of the gov governor. In fact, he wanted to help them to understand the importance of the church continuing to meet during times of, of persecution or trial or uh, situations that were like this, like COVID. And so he explained to them, he said, listen, he was telling them, listen, this is what was going on. The Christians began to separate and be separated by this emperor named Nero. He was burning them. He was using them. He was chasing them down to kill them in the streets. And in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews writes to the church in that day and says, this is what he says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. 
And we think it's like because we missed church for a few weekends and we're not sure if we want to go back. And, and then we're like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't forsake. No, no. Like our brothers and sisters were getting burned. And he says, you need to keep meeting. But he honored in an honoring way while you're meeting. I want you to re- submit. I want you to honor them. Because what happens is honor breaks the critical spirit. It breaks the divisiveness. It shows the world a different way to get through life. And yet when we do it God's way, he begins to bring new, shed new light into the situation. It breaks the division. It breaks the chaos. It breaks everything. Moving on, it says, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. They're saying all this, you know, I'm going to love them, I'm going to honor them, and I'm going to watch God silence the foolish talk of this ignorant. But, you know, I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers, fear God, and even honor Nero. Wow, that's tough. And I'm going to add value. I may not even agree with them, but I'm called to honor even Nero in these situations. I'm going I'm to see him as weighty. I'm going to put honor towards him, but I may have to do other things according to God's word. Walk it out. She got it. So, so, why, so why does God call us to this? Because it's the hope of reaching people. When we give them something that they weren't ready for and it's very honoring and it's something that they're not used to getting, they're curious. Hmm, I expected this, but I got this. I didn't know the church would be like this. I expected this. My assumptions in my previous experience was that the church would be like this. But I'm receiving honor. Hmm, that's curious. Because that is what breaks the critical spirit. And that it's important. It's the antidote for hatred. And that people get to experience the love of God. And the love of God is driven down the highway with honor. And I love how people work. And I love our, how unique you and I are. And yet how similar we are as well. And our, in our uniqueness, we, we for our, our, our serve team, I'm sorry, our uh, staff and some of our upper leadership, we do a thing called Gallup, Gallup Strengths Finders. And Gallup's really good with polls and, and giving kind of a, here's where the world is in this scenario, this situation. But they also have a Strengths Finder. And uh, it, it, it kind of, it identifies in unique strengths within an individual. And there's 32 that they use. And so you, you typically live out of your top five. Uh, I won't go into a whole lot of detail, but you typically live out of your top five. I encourage you to do it if you've never done it, gallopstrengthfinders.com. But my number one is responsibility. And so what that means is, so there's a balcony to these things and there's a basement. Like in your worst, man, this strength is not so strong. You're too strong. And the balcony is, man, your sweet spot. You're nailing it. Like, like you're thriving in life. And so one of mine, it, it can be both. But with responsibility, if I say it, I'm going to do it. The balcony on that is, the, ba- the basement is, I can't sleep until I do it. And the other ba- basement on that is, I, I'll say I can do everything. Like, yes, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. And I have this internal drive and pull that's pulling me every direction because I feel responsible. Well, I see black and white as well. 
There's not a whole lot of gray area. Gray area, I've really got to fight to see. I've got to show a lot of honor to see gray area. So, nope, this is how it should be. Nope, this is how it should have been. Nope, here's what we need to do. Here's what we don't need to do. Here's, here's, here's. And so you ever had those internal conversations when you're, you're going to have a conversation with somebody, like finally you've had enough and it's time to really bring the heat a little bit. It's time to bring some, the, 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 the truth out a little bit. And you stay up all night and you're, you're rehearsing this conversation. Anybody ever do that? Am I the only one? There's three of us that do that. You're rehearsing a conversation all night long and how you're about to lay it down and you've had enough. And then on your way to the conversation, all of a sudden God starts to rewrite the script. And then what comes out is much more loving and kind and honoring and and it's more elevating than anything. And it's like, this is not what I had planned all night long and lost sleep over. What's up? So the Holy Spirit is sitting there doing a work inside of your heart to prepare something because he needs to bring some restoration to the relationship because he knows if we'll deliver this in a different package, it'll actually bring healing, it'll bring restoration, and it'll elevate this person into their design, and it'll actually cause the outcome that you actually desired, but it's not your way. That's a beautiful thing to walk into. So when we ascribe, let me give you this thought, when we ascribe honor to someone they often become more honorable because they don't see it, but you do, and they need it. They need to hear what you see. They, need to, they didn't know the great things that you think about. Well, I thought it, they need to hear it because people will drift towards what they think the person they value the most thinks about them. And if they have a misinterpretation of what you think because of a look on your face one day and they value, they esteem you that high, all of a sudden their, their esteem will go low. And you're not even thinking about them. You're constipated. <laughs> Whatever. But there's people who hold you in high esteem and they need to hear from you. They need to know what you really think in a loving and an honoring. They need to know what God is putting in your heart for them. So they will elevate. They'll acclimate to the very thing that God truly has designed and called them to walk in. And every time I give it, I'm sorry, honor, there's a, number, there's a second thought, truth, truth too. Honoring benefits me more. Honor benefits, like, I'm going to honor them. It doesn't just benefit them. Like, it benefits me even more. And every time I get it, I'm telling you, it does something restorative inside of me. Like, I didn't anticipate what, it, what, I, what I experienced on the inside. I just realized, man, when I honored this individual, something changed in me. If you don't know it, you need to experience it. Friday night, I was, I didn't know where I stood, I guess. Like, real talk, we got, we got a lot of pastors in here and, and a lot of their men. And at the end of the service, I just started honoring every one of them, every one of them, every one of them, and, and what I saw, what I experienced with them, the thankfulness that I had for them. And all of a sudden, I was feeling something different inside than I had before. God was restoring something in me that I didn't even know needed to be restored. I don't know what they benefited from it, but I certainly benefited from it. When you give it away, you get a lot more from it. These are principles with God. And so Mark, 4, Mark 6, 4 and 5 says this. This is the rest of the story. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown, his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. 
He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. So the great almighty power of Jesus could not do any work, but just a little bit, because of the way they valued him. Because of the lack of honor, the great almighty. doesn't say that he would not. It said that he could not because of the way they received him. And I wonder how many prayers go to him. And he's saying, oh, how I would love to answer that prayer right there. But I can't. Because in your heart, there's dishonor towards your spouse, towards your neighbor who calls you early in the morning. There's dishonor towards the church, towards me. I know how he, he wants to answer those prayers, but he's saying the way for him to answer those prayers is for you to begin to honor the people that you, that you struggle with the most. Because he, we're the body. And the moment we have any struggle with another believer, another Christ follower, all of a sudden we actually are dishonoring Jesus. So he cannot do any miracles. Could it be that the power of God is not able to fully make itself known because of the lack of honor that we may carry? Ephesians 6, 2 and 3 says, honor your father. And today we're honoring fathers. It's Father's Day. Thank you guys for choosing to be at Thrive. He says, honor your father. Well, I don't have a good father. It doesn't matter. He says, honor your father. Well, why? Well, let me tell you. It, and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. I don't like what my father did. You're doing it for you. Yeah, well, you don't know the story. You're doing it for you, that it may go well with you. Yes, yes, those things happen, but it may, that it may go well from this day forward with you. Honor your mother and your father. And that you may enjoy a long life on earth. And I'm going to be honest. It's nice to hear but I don't live for the response. I don't live for the attaboys. I don't, I don't live, say, man, great message, Pastor Nate. No, I live, I live to be pleasing to my Father. I live that my life will glorify Him for the good of mankind and glorifying my Father. And, in, and let me just say this. It's a whole other message series. If I needed those attaboys and I lived off those attaboys, so that would be some stuff that we needed to work on right here. And they're great. But my life and the way I have to, I, I choose to walk in the calling and the, use the giftings that he has on my life is because I want to honor the design of who the, what the creator has done in giving me life. And when I walk in the calling that he's created me for, I'm honoring him. And when I honor him, scripture says, he honor those, honors those who honor him. And so I'm working within his grace and I'm allowing him to fulfill whatever he's created and destined inside of me by just being available. And so this, here's the leading statement for the challenge. The more I value it, 
the more I get value from it. And I get great value when I'm stepping into the purpose that God's created. Here's the question, what are you valuing? What do you value the most? In Romans 12.10, we started this. In the ESV, it says, outdo one another in showing honor. Here, let me get the door for you. No, no, let me get it for you. No, 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 let me get it for you. No, 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 no. Or, hey, hey, let's, you, you go first. You go first. You go. You, you, you go first. We're in cars. You, you go first. No, 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 you go. No. We get, somebody go. There's going to be a traffic jam. Just go. But go. <laughs> or honor the, honor the, the lady, the, the waitress, who you can see she's got some struggles. Or the person that you know, they're serving you, but you can know there's, there's likely an addiction there. No, I'm not going to tip them. They're just going to use them for more drugs. Honor that person. Let them see something in God, about God through you that they don't otherwise see. The person who's checking you out and, and they're having a rough day and they're stressed out, slow down. Take a moment to honor that individual. Speak life into that individual. Say something that you see God uh, is saying or seeing or putting in your heart about that individual. For the guy who pulls up to the, the fuel station and, and at the diesel lane and he's driving a Prius, and you're stuck back there, and you're, you're, almost, you're on E, and your diesel tank's barely running, and you got 15 other lanes to pull in, and you got your Prius in this one? It's okay, brother. Just take your time. Showing honor. Showing honor. Every, every man in this room, we honor you today. Every man in this room, you are a threat to the enemy of our soul. I don't know how you see yourself. I don't know what the internal conversation is. I got an idea, because I'm a man too. But I'm telling you, what you're seeing, and maybe even what you're doing, is not what God is seeing and saying, and he's declaring over you. The inadequacies that you're proclaiming and declaring inside in that internal conversation, that's not what he's saying. When he was knitting you together in your mother's womb, no matter how that came about, he makes miracles in the midst of the most trying and difficult, chaotic situation. He's working behind the scenes continuously to work things for his glory. So the things that you're thinking and you've owned and you've, you've called his identity, that's not what he sees. And I'm telling you, just for the presence of men changes the spiritual atmosphere in the world. The presence of men in a church changes the safety, the security, the psychology, the, the, the glory, the passion, the power in a house, in a church, in a community. When men just begin to, you know what? I'm going to lean into people. I'm going to take a little responsibility. I'm not going to lord over or dominate or be domineering. I'm just going to lean in and honor Nobody wants to mess with that town. Nobody's going to step foot in because it's spiritual in nature. And what begins in the spirit begins to come out in the physical. And all of a sudden, because we're aware, because we're understanding that here's God has called me to be more than I've actually owned, all of a sudden we begin to walk into some things and the dynamic spiritually, spiritually things change. But we have to walk in it first. We have to understand it. We have to understand the character and nature of God. We have to get to know him and know he doesn't make mistakes. 
and he made you. At some point, we've got to rectify that truth. And if he doesn't make mistakes and he made me, then I got to see who he made inside of me and I got to begin to own it, accept it, pray through it. Lord, please help me. I don't see it. I don't understand it. But if you say it, then I'm going to try to own it as my truth. And the moment that you do, it becomes physical in nature. Even with fear and trembling, you're walking in this newness of who he's created you to be. And then spiritually things begin to change because spiritually we believe a lie. And the lies we're believing spiritually are manifesting physically, but the moment we begin to change that dynamic to align with the Word of God, we do things differently because we're thinking things differently. Even though we may not yet believe it, we start to think it and we start to try it, but we can't be afraid that somebody's going to be a critic because they're around every corner. And I'm telling you, the moment that you do, the moment that we do, Spiritually things change. And we're here to bring the kingdom of God to earth, on earth, as it is in heaven. I'm telling you, hell trembles at the sight of a man. And the world is crying out for leadership. The world is on its knees praying and asking and seeking even the lost world, the far from the furthest, furthest from the God, from God is crying out for leadership deep down in their soul. And God created man. And he said, man, you be, you be fruitful. You multiply and you have dominion over the earth. I don't have to lord over. I don't have to be all domineering and in the flesh. That's not a kingdom man. But a kingdom man shows up and he says, I'm a child of God. I'm just going to flow with God. God, what do you want to do? It's easy. It's easy. Can I pray with you? Father, we just thank you so much for calling us and creating us designing us for greatness, putting in deep into the soul this desire to walk in the fullness. The fullness of what you created us to be, to become. Thank you for the design. Thank you for the blueprint of our soul. And Father, I pray with grace, much, much grace, empowering grace that every man in here, every woman too, begin to acclimate begin to see what you're calling out over them, to no longer see the inadequacies, no longer see the fears, no longer to, to remember the memories of what, what they've done or, or be stuck in what we're doing. But to learn to flow in your grace and your mercy and see this is what God is creating me to do. This is what God's called me to do. This is what God is saying. This is what his word says. You'll begin to hear his heart, hear from his spirit, begin to learn and discern and all of a sudden there's a change of heart all of a sudden there's a change of house all of a sudden there's a change of community father we just pray for this change grow us challenge us strengthen us lord i, I pray that you just bring men together to be shoulder to shoulder to stand strong in the gaps with and for one another and i pray that we we honor you in honoring every person in this house. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can I get a good amen? Amen. amen. Hey, let's stand up. And